Hi, I'm Derek. And I'm Drew. And we are on a journey to become better leaders by touring fantastic worlds and inspiring lore by going on a wonder tour. We connect leadership concepts to story context because it sticks to our brains better. You can find out more at wondertourpodcast.com. Derek, I'm dropping you in the cage. First off, you're going mano y mano with your sister. And next up, it's going to be Wong and you versus the Lizard Man from The Amazing Spider-Man as we enter the legend of Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Welcome back to Wonder Tour, episode 34. We are talking about Shang-Chi today. And I had no idea what to expect when I saw this one. Um, I was pretty impressed, though. But I'm going to let you lead off because you're always more impressed than me (laughs) many times. But you have good reasons for it. So I'm going to toss it over to you here. Derek, today we're just wondering about the illusion of choice. But I guess in the end, we'll all have the beef. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, It's not about the illusion of choice. That's not. We're in a series on becoming curious explorers. So we wanted to bring up Shang-Chi because we really feel that our main characters in this film have this curious explorers archetype to them. They have to go. Well, first off, they kind of start in the real world. And they have to, you know, they're finding out more about themselves or, and each other and the you know, Legend of the Ten Rings. You're finding out that there was hidden information that was shared or that gets shared. And then eventually they're going into this crazy, fantastical world um, where they're learning that everything, all the constructs that they had for reality are breaking. And, you know, there's this crazy otherworldly warfare going on that threatens the, you know, the waking world. So I I just love how it has the fantastical meet the real or meet, you know, meet the it's all real in this world. But it has kind of this fantastical reality meet our regular reality. And it's while it's not always perfect, to be honest with you, it's kind of hard. And there's some weird stuff like the the Kevin guy, you know, I I don't mean Kevin. I just mean I'm using Kevin from up. You mean Travis Lattery. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, what's. Yeah, what's uh, his Kevin? Yeah, Travis Lattery. No, um, yeah, I knew you were gonna ask me that. The um, little, the little. I know what you're talking about. With no face or whatever. Yeah, I want to say he is a mobile ottoman. <laughs> the, the mobile ottoman. Yeah, that's true. He's kind of like. I just like to put my feet up on that thing. Yeah, I just like to put my feet up on that thing. It's like a little comfy chair. <laughs> <laughs> it does look um, like one. But uh, yeah, I I, I find uh, Travis Lattery uh quite uh and then it's like the worst impression ever but 
I, I really enjoyed his uh, resurgence in the in the movie. I was thinking because you know what? I had such such a sympathetic feel for him after Iron Man three completed. And I was like, poor Trevor, all caught up. He's just an actor caught up <laughs> in the middle of all this. And you know what? He really found his place. He found his people. He found his people, Drew, he found his tribe. And that's important. <laughs> So absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he added some color to it. He was he was great. Yeah, he's the comedic relief. We all we needed. We need a little bit of Trevor. But let's talk about our main topic of the show today. Who are we becoming? So I want to start by looking at this from the perspective of Sean or Shang-Chi. And then we can move maybe to the perspective of some of the other characters. But Let's start out with this question, because I think we ask this on the Wonder Tour pretty often. Who are we becoming? Right. It's as magnanimous leaders. We you know, we have this kind of working definition of love being that we put the character development of others ahead of ourselves. And in doing so, you love is recursive. And so it will then you know, reward you with growth as well, of course. But that's kind of this, you know, in the ether working model that we have for why we're doing this and why we believe this is important. So if that's the case, then who we are becoming, and of course, who others around us are becoming, is of paramount importance to us. So I don't know, Derek, why is this something that we're not often talking about, is who are we becoming? Well, I wanna ask you the question is, you know, um, are there times where we feel ashamed of who we're becoming? We've made some mistakes and somehow we extrapolate those mistakes to the future. And somehow those past determinations of who we are totally determine who we're going to be. And it, and it's not true, but it's for some reason, our physiology, um, the way we're built, it, it causes us to call on those previous situations and say, here I go again. And you're totally at the driver's seat to say no to that um, and decide. And, and and that's a huge reason why we, like you said, why we are doing this podcast, because we want to awaken the leader within. Is it not? It is. Yeah. It is. And I think what you just said makes sense. And it it made sense. And observationally, Sigmund Freud was able to establish that that kind of model, not that others before him hadn't that uh, hadn't established models that he was working off of, but that was kind of where he established this model that you are the culmination of everything up to the current moment that's happened to you, basically. And now we do know well, that people have known forever that that wasn't 100 percent accurate. And we definitely know now that that isn't 100 percent accurate. That is no longer a, a kind of an accepted thought in psychology. But there, there's some truth to it, right? There's definitely a layer of truth to it that it feels like we as as humans, as human beings, I should say, are the sum of everything in our lives up until now. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And, you know, it, it does feel that way. And it can feel like <clears throat> uh, I recently watched uh, Boss Baby 2. And there was this one scene where everybody got rolled up in a snowball. And it's just this massive snowball and it's just rolling everywhere. And that's what I think you feel like. You feel like you're in this snowball 
and you are like embedded in the snowball and you cannot, you literally cannot get out, you know, and there's no chance to kind of uh, extricate yourself from that. But that, you know, that is totally not the case. And um, so we're going to see that uh, with our our focus today, right? Um, yeah. Are you trapped in your current mistakes? I mean, are you yeah. trapped in your past mistakes? Or does the present allow you the freedom to break those chains and to do tell a different story? I think that's funny enough. <laughs> We led with the illusion of choice. We're not talking about the illusion of choice, but we've kind of gotten to a slight discussion about it here is <laughs> we are trying to, you you know, we only have the present moment. So how do we break free of that feeling like we're in that snowball that's rolling around? Yeah, and I think that's where curiosity comes in, right? So the reason that we're doing this in the curiosity series um, is that, you know, we are, we're deciding what story to be a part of. So obviously we can, um, you know, join stories, uh, in our lives and, you know, we have to, while we have to be careful to join a good story, um, a story that will grow us, a story that will not shrink us and put us in a bad situation. Um, you know, curiosity is kind of what breaks the loop because you have to start to be curious about who you could become. And when you are curious about who you could become, you open yourself up to break something as nasty as a closed loop, which we've talked mm. about many times. Mm. Um, and you know what? If you're not curious, you're not going to break the closed loop because you're just like, either you're depressed about it. I'm not like not clinically depressed, but you're like, <laughs> either you see no future in it and the thinking of that way, um, or you're not aware, right? And you continue to recirculate in the dryer of closed loops. So, um, well, let's focus on Katie today then, because I know people right, might go straight to Katie. People might think that, uh, you know, well, you know, since this is a bit of a rabbit hole, you know, let's focus on Katie because uh, she she really does embody this. She's in a bit of a uh, you know, she's she's like super fast driver um, and super aggressive driver. And that's kind of been her uh, identity. And she's doing this thing. And tell me more about it. Yeah, so we could start with the scene where Katie's driving the bus. Right. This is one of the first scenes where we kind of get introduced to Katie. This is, you know, one of the sweet scenes in this movie. I love Shang-Chi for the action sequences. If we're being if I'm being honest, it's probably got the best action sequences in any Marvel movie. In my opinion, I do like some of the martial arts scenes, though. Um, and I really felt they did a great job in this movie with those. Really felt like you were in, you know, you were watching Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or something like that. But so let's talk about the how do we become curious about our own character development like Katie does? Because Katie, you know, she's kind of, it, it's it's cool because you get this clashing of cultures in this movie. And so you have this clashing of, of the Chinese culture with the Western or American culture. And Katie, you know, you're expecting Katie to have some of this Eastern cultural influence, but she really doesn't. She's, she, well, at the surface level, she doesn't. She has a strong Western influence. And so she's kind of coming in and, and she's really this American girl, pretty much, right? She's like, you know, she doesn't 
she doesn't have a Chinese name or and she just is, you know, she doesn't know about all these different things. She doesn't remember. We have the moment when they were getting, they're getting to the fight club and she's like, oh, I don't speak Chinese. And the guy like kind of jokes about it, but he can't believe it. Uh, the guy who's guiding yeah. him around in there. So, well, and, and I want to, I want to say that, you know, just for a second, I mean, yeah, there's that outsider, uh, that, that outsider angle here, you know, and I think that's, um, that's a good thing for her. It's almost like she's rebuilding her culture quickly, you know, um, and, and, you know, I think that provides the opportunity to kind of break the closed loop that she may have been in. Um, but keep going. I want to hear more about what you're saying. Well, some of us will get, I think some of us will get kind of locked out if we're in that situation where we're, because she's taken from the, from a space where she is a part of the dominant culture and she is put in a space where she is not a part of the dominant culture. And it's really fun as the viewer to see that juxtaposition where the Western culture is no longer the dominant culture, uh, whether it is uh, in the, you know, even when you're just seeing the interactions, you know, in the mid part of the movie, but definitely in the late part of the movie when when they go into the fantasy realm, which I still don't remember what the name of is. I'll have it here at some point in front of me. But the so I think she has to be curious because either she can clam up and she can decide that, OK, you know, I'm just going to play a background role here. Or she really, to me, embodies a leader because she's like, I'm going to play the role that is set out for me. I'm not going to ask for too much, and I'm, but I'm not going to settle for too little here. I'm going to play an important role in this story. And maybe she's not the hero herself and she's OK with that. But a leader steps up to play that role. And the only way they can find that role for themselves is by being curious, right? She doesn't know. She she has a role in the bus scene. The role is nobody else is stepping up to to drive the bus, right? You hear you have the one guy who's videoing it and he's like, oh, I got in trouble the last time I tried to drive the bus or something like that, right? She has, but Katie is always willing to step up and to fill whatever hole is needed, right? She really embodies the servant leader through her curiosity and she doesn't, just because she doesn't have the skills necessarily, she doesn't let that hold her back. Again, sometimes to her, you know, she gets herself a little bit out on a branch, as we say on the Wonder Tour, because of that. But I think there's some level of she is curious about who she is going to be. She knows she is not yet formed and she's curious, who am I going to be? And so each time an opportunity arises for her to have either reveal something herself about her character or have something revealed about her character, she's kind of front and center to see what's going to happen. And she's engaged to make sure that she's, okay, let's discover more about me. She's never shying away from who she is. I totally agree with you. And one of the things that I'm thinking here is that she plays this role that I think some really brave and curious leaders play, which is they're willing to be the Band-Aid they are willing to be the, I don't know, the Elmer's glue that you know is not going to hold, but it'll hold it for tonight. You know it'll get by, right? You'll find out more about that as you have a family, uh, like kids, right? And <laughs> they break things, and you need to fix things. And um, the way that you lead in that situation is to fix the thing. And sometimes they forget about it because they got so many things to break, that they just kind of move on. But um, you play an important role uh, in that moment um, where. Where you're, you know, 
you're you're basically you know reaching across that uh, gap, like you said, that nobody else wants to reach across, right? Now let's contrast that um, with a dangerous curiosity that we see in uh, I'm gonna butcher the name, but Zhu Wenwu, the dad, okay? Um, you know, Shang-Chi's dad. And so the whole time he's like curious, is my dead wife texting me and calling me from beyond the grave? Uh, <laughs> right? And he takes that curiosity and that is who he ends up becoming almost, right? I mean, he it drives him all the way to the very end. Um, and he just about, you know, offs everybody because he unlocks that Dormammu-like, uh, you know, demon creature that we all know is kind of, you know, a lot of these stories is kind of like, well, it's been put away long ago and and you don't want to do that. It's kind of like a Final Fantasy thing, you know. It lives in the crater, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, and I think that's an interesting contrast to contrast those two characters and what their curiosity did. She used curiosity as a catalyst. So did he. <laughs> two different endings. Um, is Let's this, start. Yeah. Is this showing what we were talking about? You know, the good story and the bad story that you could join. <laughs> is that what this is? Is this well, let's that? let's start with just kind of like a, a one-liner starting point here. Then, does your curiosity drive your narrative? Because it's like it's almost like the point, the direction in which you're curious will determine, not necessarily you know within one degree your trajectory of your narrative, but it's going to determine like within kind of like a wide angle the direction of your narrative. You have to start by being curious. You have, and you have to be careful and make sure you're curious in the right direction. And that is, and, and we're going to talk about this in future episodes in the Becoming Curious Explorers series here. I know that it's going to be coming up here, so I don't want to give too much away. But that is, now we're getting into the wisdom of curiosity, right? Which is clearly in order to grow into magnanimous leaders, we have to have a deep level of curiosity this skill that we are really putting energy into to become better at and to hone every single and to use in every single situation. But we also have to recognize that, like you said, and like we talked about in Elf, there is sometimes, you know, there there is another edge to that blade. We can't just be curious all the time, pushing ourselves forward. And here's where we really have to be curious. And again, let's Let's kind of leave it here more as a cliffhanger than as a <laughs> than as a full thought out piece here. But we have to be very careful of how what thoughts are entertained. Curiosity allows us to entertain imaginative thoughts of reality. It allows us to think on how things could be. We also have to examine our motivations. We have to, you have to juxtapose your ideas with your motivations, which is hard to do to yourself. But when you do that, then you can see, wait, are, I, I'm, am I just hearing signals and I'm wanting to equate these signals to my wife still being alive? Is that what's going on here? Am I? Yeah, self-fulfilling prophecies, right? I think that's when it gets down to, well, you have a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, you're heard, <laughs> I'm sure you've maybe heard that told to you before it and it may 
and and usually self-fulfilling prophecy is um in a bad context and uh so i think that's exactly where it leads now i think we this this is a good segue i think into our next episode isn't it what are we going to be uh hitting on well we'll hit that in a second i guess where you let, yeah let me close let me close this one out and then let's talk yeah. about our next episode here yeah i think yeah. so from katie's perspective it's all about she genuinely cares she genuinely is curious about who she's becoming about who sean's becoming about all these people that she's meeting along the way, right? She's interested in Trevor. She's interested in, you know, all these different people that she's meeting along the way. That is the healthy version of curiosity, right? She cares about people. And she is checking her own motivations along the way, right? She's actually, a lot of times, she's separating her own motivations and ambitions from her curiosity, which is very hard to do with when you have an ego like every one of us does. And on the other side of that, we have the dad... And he is not. He has become so powerful that he no longer checks his motivations against his curiosity. And his curiosity says, maybe my wife could still be alive. And he doesn't check to see, oh, is that correlated with, you know, with your own potentially negative motivations here to try to bring your wife back in some way? Is it possible that 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 thought is playing to your vulnerability potentially and is going to be amplified by your vulnerability? 100%. 100%. <clears throat> and I mean, I, I honestly can't add much to that, Drew. I mean, I think you've summarized it perfectly as usual. And, I, and this is why I love when you close it out because you you really, you, you button it up as much as we can in, uh, you know, uh, a rabbit hole episode. So um, there's no buttoning up this episode necessarily, right? Like I, 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 let's talk meta level here just for a second. A lot of these yeah. episodes it's we're really just turning around the diamond in our hands, right? Or turning around the gem. Sometimes it's not even a diamond, you know, it's just some, it might just be a rock that we found on the ground and that, that looks cool, right? We're kind of just turning it around in our hands in the sunlight and just trying to see what we can see in it. And through that, through doing that, talking about the same concepts, like becoming curious explorers, we're able to create multiple perspectives and different models that we can use to think about reality to think about ourselves and others and yeah, then and I, and I was <laughs> right yeah i know i mean totally i mean and i was gonna say like you know if any of that resonated with you right hit us up on twitter on the wonder tour and you can continue that conversation with us um we love to you know talk a little bit more uh and see you know some other different perspectives so um next time we're going to be doing what if with the Avengers and this what if series is very interesting. Uh, we found this on uh, Disney plus very, very fascinated by it. Um, it asks some kind of big questions and makes some big changes to the universe and plays it out as an animated series, uh, you know, on Disney plus there. So we're really, uh, really interested in some of these scenarios and what they mean for our personal lives and business lives. Right. So, this is the these are the areas we wonder about, the areas that we are leaders in, the areas that we are trying to grow to be more magnanimous leaders in. So with that, I will close this out and say not all who wonder are lost. We'll see you next time. <laughs>